Hi, and welcome to episode 117 of the Dinner Sisters podcast, for two sisters taking on the nightly challenge of dinner. I'm Kate Schultz, living and working in Rhode Island. I'm a passionate cook and recipe collector, always thinking about my next meal, especially since that's one of the major things I have to think about at home. Mm-hmm. Highlight of the day. Mm-hmm. Kind of caps it <laughs> off. <laughs> I'm Betsy Waltz. I live, work, and raise a family in Atlanta, Georgia. I love dinner time, but can always use help planning and cooking for my family of five. And again, Kate, since a lot of us are eating most meals, if not mm-hmm. every meal almost at home these days, a lot of help. Yeah. A lot of help. Yeah. I went wild and got a pizza today and I was like, the yeah. heavens parted. It was amazing. But we have some help for you if you're thinking about dinner. Our goal of this podcast, we want to cook a little better, learn a little bit about food, and most importantly, figure out what the heck to have for dinner. Here's how this works. So every week we have three recipes that we cook and review from popular food blogs, internet chefs, and other sources on the World Wide Web. We always have our recipes, any tips we come up with, the smorgasbord, and a shopping list on our website, dinnersisters.com. And if you want them sent directly to your inbox, you can subscribe to our newsletter. I send those out Monday-ish if you'd like to preview the recipes before listening. Okay, Kate, so this week's recipes are four flavor sheet pan pancakes from the Food Network, sheet pan jambalaya from Cooking Light, and sheet pan pasta bake with pasta and kale from Epicurious. Right. This week's theme should be pretty obvious. A lot of search engine optimization and those titles. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We are taking on sheet pans once again. And I know, here's the thing. I know we're all cooking a lot, so I wanted to like bring back that ease of a meal all made in one pan and also acknowledge the fact that this is the second time we've done sheet pan meals, but I still kind of wanted to, you know, spread our wings a bit in the sheet pans. So that's why there's things like pancakes and a jambalaya bake. Like what could we really do in this sheet pan? I'm for one glad we're revisiting this because I am in need of some simpler kind of one pan cut down in the dishes summer meal solutions. So this comes at a good time. So our first recipe of the day is actually all about breakfast for dinner with four flavor, this is a mouthful, four flavor sheet pan pancakes from the Food Network. And this, you're just making one giant buttermilk pancake, pour it in a sheet pan and top with four different toppings. So a little chocolate chips, some sliced banana, jam and berries, and cinnamon sugar, a little something for everybody. So it's mixed up just like a typical pancake. You're whisking buttermilk, eggs, salt, vanilla, and some sugar together in a large bowl till it's combined. And then you whisk your dry ingredients, flour, baking powder, baking soda together in another bowl. Again, until it's combined, you fold the wet into the dry with a spatula until it's just combined. Pancakes like lumps, so don't beat this to death. You reserve two tablespoons of the batter in a small little bowl. Set that aside. Brush your sheet pan with a lot of butter and pour in the batter. And then you think of the pan in quarters. One gets the jam and berries. The other gets some sliced bananas, one chocolate chips, and the rest, this is really clever, I thought, you take the reserved batter and you mix it with a little cinnamon and sugar and swirl it into the batter. So it's like cinnamon coffee cake kind of thing. And you bake it in a hot oven for about 20 minutes or so. When it comes out, brush it with butter again like what's not to love let it cool a bit and you drizzle the cinnamon sugar portion with a powdered sugar glaze i mean it's very fancy decadent huge yes. decadent pancake betsy how did everyone like these 
Yes. So Kate, you, you and I had to kind of hold off recording because I had yet to make the giant pancake and it was like the event of the week this week. <laughs> oh, wow. So, yeah. So we finally made it. And I'm telling you, I was really worried that this was just going to be like a big, dry pancake that was stuck in the pan. I, I mean, do this for two years and you're like, hmm. This- it's not that I don't trust you. It's that I don't trust the internet. Like that. <laughs> that's my issue. Oh I think. my goodness. And these were like really a surprisingly good texture and flavor. <laughs> I mean, I was surprised how moist they were. I really thought these were going to be dry and I don't know why, but I just had this thing where I thought, well, Kate made these already and she said they were good, but I just, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm lying to you. Oh. Yeah. Um, so we ended up, I thought I had bananas, but we were out. So we swapped the banana square for just some cherries. Ooh. I had these kind of like cherries uh, in my fridge. I think this is pretty flexible. I mean, you could also do, I was thinking you could even do stripes of stuff down the sheet pan <laughs> if you wanted to be, you know, fun about it. And the girls helped me make this, my kids. <laughs> and they thought it was so fun to like divide it up into four and do yes. each quadrant with something kind of different. And it reminded me a little bit of the like make your own pizza experience. Oh yeah. Kind of. Yes. It felt, it felt very make your own pizza. And I thought what a fun idea. Not that we're like kind of dipping our toe back into gatherings and things like that. Mm. But I thought this is a really fun way to celebrate like a, birthday or to yeah. do things like that now to make things kind of feel a little more special and um it was just fun i will also mention kate the other thing that i thought was so funny is there's a video that goes with this which i totally forgot to watch and then you said we watched wa- it which is so funny. oh we oh god yeah we watched that video probably 20 times um <laughs> <laughs> it's like a little a little you know quick quickie three minute video but the girls loved it and <laughs> Then I realized in the Food Network sh- site, they really like a sheet pan four ways. Like I believe they also have a, oh. a like a quiche. You can sheet pan quiche four ways. Oh, you can wow. sheet pan a um, pie. You know, like a slab pie four ways. Ha! Huh. Lots of four ways. If you like this idea, <laughs> just go for it. <laughs> yeah. If you like. Food on sheet pans in a quadrant. <laughs> food Network. recipe for you. Yeah. And there are more. The food Network has wow. you covered. Sweet and I savory. That theme. Yes. Goodness. Um, I can pretty much reassure our audience that will never be a theme. It's <laughs> quadrant sheet pans. Can you imagine? No. It'd be a hit. <laughs> yeah, that'd be that. That's when people knew we were like losing it in the quarantine. Yeah, exactly. They're like, are they okay? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so, how did you I, like this? So, <laughs> um, yeah, even before you made this, I remember I was like, she pan pancake, and you're like, mm. so you do this voice, and you're like, mm, <laughs> okay. And it yeah. actually sounds a lot like both your daughters sometimes. <laughs> this I thought was really good. It was a little sweet, but that was fine. Like, it's a pancake. Mm-hmm. You know, very yeah. fluffy, kind of like sturdy, but in a good way. Like they didn't flop around, which I kind of was like, eh, is this going to like not get out of the pan? But mm-hmm. instead of this delicious cake-like square, the classic flavor, right? I didn't mm-hmm. need any syrup. 
I, they were like, oh, put whipped cream on this. And I was like, oh, yeah, I could see kids doing that, of course. Like, if you're doing this with kids, give them the variety whip and go to town. Like, if this is a birthday, that'd be so fun. Um, I do want to mention, like, if you do the jam part, don't go crazy with it. I put, I just was glopping, you know how much I love jam. So I was like, mm-hmm. more the merrier. Just sink a bit, which it wasn't a problem, but, you know, um, buyer beware. I also did this in a quarter sheet pan. I could not think of a situation where I would eat a half sheet pan of pancakes. <laughs> It'd be a lot. And like survive. I have it in kind of a lazy way. I'm going to have to write it up because it's not easily haveable. I think it's like two and three quarters cup of liquid mm-hmm. and two mm-hmm. and three quarters cup of flour. I was like, oh, so I might do it by weight. If people are interested in having it, um, I'll, I'll try to figure it out. I did kind of wing it and it was fine. I mean, pancakes are not. You can kind of tell when you're getting close. Yeah. Yeah. I like this looks like a decent texture. You don't want a thick batter. Um, I have frozen a couple of the squares. So I had like a chocolate chip square and a cinnamon square and I froze it for later. I have not thought it out. Mm. See how that okay. goes. I didn't freeze the fruit. And the, to be honest, the fruit did not keep well in the fridge. Like after day two, it got really soggy because of the moisture in the fruit. So this is not something like make ahead. This is something to like do that morning. Everyone's participating or everyone's drinking their coffee. You pop in this big sheet pan and everyone can eat pancakes kind of thing. And, um, oh, and to your point, Betsy, I think if you, if four flavors is too much, just make a big sheet pan chocolate chip pancake. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Nothing nothing wrong with that. Sounds pretty good to me. You know? yeah, I did read someone in the comments of this recipe, too, because we were so all in on the web page for this. Mm. Uh, wrote, yeah. yeah, we watched the video. We watched everything about these pancakes. Yeah. Uh, someone wrote that she did just make it with a pancake mix, and it was totally oh. fine. <laughs> so, <laughs> there you go. I mean, I, I thought the buttermilk pancake was actually delicious, but you could. You know, push comes to shove. No judgment yeah. here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No. Yeah, for sure. All right. So I'm giving this a, this is, you know, I was going to say four to five, but this is so fun. Five out of five. Yeah, I'm giving this a five out of five, Kate. We wow. probably didn't need to eat the whole sheet pan, but by <laughs> the, we ate for breakfast and then people kind of just kept having a little slice of Rooney all mm-hmm. day long and mm-hmm. it was gone. So I ate a lot of that quarter sheet pan. Like I went and looked back at how much I ate and I was like, Oh yeah. (laughs) Cool. 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 (laughs) So next up more practical. We have a sheet pan jambalaya from cooking light. What, how do you do this? What'd you think? So Betsy, imagine all the flavors of jambalaya, which is like a sausage, shrimp, rice, and peppers dish, but on a sheet pan. You know, that's the title, right? So everything, including the rice, goes on the tray, which is really nice. It's all cooked together. It's savory. It's super satisfying with a little kick of spice, that Creole seasoning. So to make it, you cut bell peppers into thin slit strips. You slice an onion, slice a kielbasa into thin coins, and then you combine the bell peppers, onion, and kielbasa in a half sheet pan, drizzle it with oil, and sprinkle it with one teaspoon of Creole seasoning. And you start this off by baking that mixture at 425 for eight minutes. Meanwhile, you're tossing your clean shrimp with a remaining tablespoon of oil, half a teaspoon of Creole seasoning, and a little paprika. Take the sheet pan out, put the shrimp in, mix it all up, bake again for eight minutes, 
take the oven, the pan out again. And this time you're adding your rice, salt, black pepper, and a little more seasoning, toss it all. And then so you could just combine it. Right. And then you put it back in the oven to warm up the rice, sprinkle with green onions after a couple minutes and pop it out of the oven. And, and that's it. You get this pan of rice and all sorts of deliciousness. Betsy, how did you like this? Yeah, this was totally new to me. I have not made anything like this on a sheet pan before. Mm. And I I mean, we really liked it. So I actually, I think, halved this. I used my quarter mm. sheet pan and I just kind of, I think it's pretty flexible. I don't remember exactly yeah. what the things are, but I kind of just scaled it down um, mm. because... I had some leftovers and my kids, I thought the Creole seasoning I got was a little bit spicy and my kids don't really like bell peppers. So, but I was really excited to have this. So scaled it down. We were so, we just thought it was so delicious. It was such a nice kind of flavors that I'm not making all of the time, Mm -hmm. but in a really easy way. I thought it was so easy to get some different flavors on the table. And I liked that. I mean, what's not to love about a shrimp kielbasa combo? I couldn't find Creole seasoning to save my life. So I mixed my own. You can look it up on the internet. It's garlic powder, onion powder, thyme, oregano, paprika, smoked and sweet, basil, cayenne pepper, and black pepper is the recipe that I found. Um, You may find a recipe that has different ingredients in it, but I think the key is the heat and that onion garlicky flavor with a little bit of um, herbs. It's a few steps in and out of the oven, but I didn't think that was a big deal. Was it a big deal for you? No, because it was so simple. I felt like everything that was going in here was just, I used leftover rice that I already had. So it was just kind of a matter. I mean, I had to be kind of around the kitchen, but it was kind of like open it up throw a few more things in, close it up, set my timer. I mean, I was not feeling overburdened by this. I can't find pre-cooked rice right now. Um, So I just made some and and used it for this recipe. I think if you've got leftover rice like you guys do, this Mm -hmm. is perfect for it. Um, You know, I always think it's fancy to have shrimp in a dish too. So yeah. It's delicious. Yeah, five out of five for me. It was a hit in our house. Yeah, I'm going to go the same way because I love those bell peppers in here. Mm-hmm. And it was just, it was a very, very satisfying meal. And I love those flavors. So five out of five for me. Cooking Light does it again. They're usually pretty reliable. I like that. They are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So last up, we have a sheet pan pasta bake with pasta and kale from Epicurious. So I like this idea because the best part of baked pasta for me are the crunchy bits of pasta and cheese on the top. You know, that piece of penne that you always pick Mm -hmm, off, mm -hmm. right? Plus this one had kale and I was secretly hoping that maybe some of the kale will get like a little like a kale chip, you know, like a little crunchy. Not to ruin the surprise for everybody, but they did, which was amazing. So it's a creamy, cheesy baked pasta with just enough vegetables to make you feel like, you know, you're not killing yourself. So to make it, you're making this whole thing in a hot oven, like 450 degrees top rack. You cook your pasta. In this case, you're making short shapes. And I can't remember what shape I used. It was kind of like one of those fancy ones. And I found it at the grocery store. Uh, meanwhile, while the pasta is cooking, you are mixing together panko breadcrumbs, Parmesan cheese, oil, salt, and a little bit of pepper in a bowl. 
And then you toss kale and tomatoes with half a teaspoon of salt, a little bit of oil on the rimmed baking sheet. You drain your pasta, reserving some of the pasta water as per usual. Put pasta back in the pot that you cooked it in. And now you're going to sauce your pasta. So it's sour cream, mustard, salt, the cooking liquid, and some more Parmesan cheese, a little pepper, stir it until smooth. And then into the pasta, you stir in shredded chicken and a cup of shredded mozzarella cheese. You can add more pasta cooking liquid, liquid if you need to until it's all evenly coated and nice and creamy. You want to transfer this to a sheet, the sheet pan that's got the kale and the tomatoes on and you kind of, you know, move it around. So they say toss to combine, but my God, I don't know how you would do that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So you're topping it with a panko mixture. Remember that. And the remaining half cup of mozzarella from the recipe. And you're basically roasting this for like five to seven minutes, which I have to admit, I went longer because I like the crunchiness, Mm you know? Like, oh, how about 10? And it was great. Betsy, how did you like it? So I like this. We made it on a cooler day. And Kate, it was funny because I thought, oh, this is our only recipe that is that's kind of like a cheesy sheet pan bake, which is something we really like in our house. (laughs) So that was nice. And I agree, the kale makes you feel like you're eating just like a little bit more veg without having between the kale and tomatoes, you don't feel like you have to sub like supplement this with a salad or, I mean, you could, but it feels very sheet pan meal in that classic way, which is, this is essentially a casserole, you know, like here's your one thing. So this was definitely the most involved. I think if you, I think like go into it thinking you're making comfort food. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It usually takes a little bit more time. Do not make this on a rush night. You'll just be angry baking. You know, no one needs that. But it's really delicious. So I don't, we didn't have leftovers, did you? Well, I, for some reason, got it in my head that I should make a full half sheet pan, or let me rephrase that a half sheet pan, the full recipe. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That was too much. It was too much for us. I ended up eating that for lunch for a long time, but I was was like, oh, pasta again, great. (laughs) (laughs) But I was not sad every time I like, heated up my creamy pasta bake again. I was like, oh, actually, I like creamy pasta. So it's not a bad thing. (laughs) I loved the crunchy bits. Definitely would have it next time. (laughs) If you, unless you have a a family that you're feeding or people over for dinner, which, you know, we probably shouldn't be doing. um, You know, this is a quarter sheet pan would have been more than enough. Also, I'm not going out to the grocery store more than once a week. So I had to buy and roast a chicken for this, which was mildly insane. Um, yeah, that's, I think we talked about, I had to do that as well, but I did that ahead of time, mm. which was good. Generally, I would say this is an amazing like use for a rotisserie chicken, but I'm just not in that same space right, right now. You know what else I really liked? The mustard. I thought the mustard was really good. Hmm. Oh no, five out of five for me. What about you? Yeah, I'm also giving this a five out of five. I thought this is one where if you like the mustard is kind of one of those things where it's like, if you just follow this, all the components really add up to a very, very delicious dinner. So there you go. Five out of five. All right. Wrapping it up in terms of winners. For me, the pasta just barely edged out the jambalaya. 
I mean, the pancakes were good too, but I, the pasta was like, came out on top. How about you? We're going with the jambalaya. That was kind of everyone's favorite this week. Nice. If any of these recipes sound good to you, make sure to check out our show notes and grocery list at dinnersisters.com. There you'll find links to all the recipes as well as any tips or techniques we just talked about. If you'd like to chat more with us, you can always ask to join our Dinner Sisters Facebook group. Search for us at Dinner Sisters Podcast. Okay, Kate, the smorgasbord today, you're going to talk about some sweet treats you've been loving, and I'm going to talk about um, my chicken on a grill. Oh, so you go first. Okay. So I have been, I I did a lot of baking in the beginning of, Mm -hmm. you know, social distancing, core core, quarantine, whatever. Uh, And then I had to stop because my freezer got full of treats. But one of my big indulgences every night is after I eat dinner, I always like to have dessert. Like always, I always eat dessert. So I love to have a little piece of chocolate after dinner. So I always keep chocolate bars in the house. Mm. It was on sale, bought them, then realized what I bought and was like, this is amazing. So it's Tony's Choco Lonely. They are a slave-free oh. fair trade chocolate that is so good. Some of the best. And you know why I like it? I do like it because it's slave-free, no child labor, it's a horrible practice of cocoa harvesting. It's awful. And also, it is a thicker chocolate bar. I'd say it's like, oh. yeah, it's like closer to like almost three quarters of an inch thick. And I feel like the other fancy chocolate bars are thin. Mm-hmm. But I kind of like that. I Like, you know, you're like really <laughs> biting into a candy bar feel. Oh, I see. Yes. And yeah, chocolate yeah. wafer, which is fine. And they're delicious and they're good. But this one feels really chunky. And I kind of digging it right now. My favorite flavor is dark chocolate pretzel. Mm, that sounds good. And I know that I'm buying chocolate that is not contributing to horrible things in the world. So they are not sponsoring us. But wouldn't that be nice? I found it at Whole Foods. Um, they have very bright packaging kind of on matte paper. It's delicious. So, Betsy, what are you up to? Okay, Kate. So, one thing I have been using lately are some of these uh, recipes that are less like recipes and more like guides to a, um, you know, like a technique mm-hmm. kind of. And we've done a couple on the podcast before. Like, we have that frittata recipe and things like that. So, I have have found it helpful when I have like tonight I had a chicken. I knew I wanted to put the chicken on the grill, likely spatchcock it. So Epicurious has an article called How to Grill Chicken Without a Recipe. Ooh. Yep. It says, Tell me more. Memorize this technique now and keep grilling spatchcock chickens all summer long. Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, so in the recipe, they talk about setting up a two-zone grill, which you can, you know, mm. like a direct and indirect heat and you know this is just they go into this method but it's a popular one so learning how to do that one how to spatchcock the chicken which is basically taking the the spine out and then spreading the whole thing flat across some people call it butterflying that's another way to say it and then they go into making a rub for the chicken and i thought what was particularly nice about this is that they don't even say, here are some examples of a good rub you could make. Like sometimes they'll go off on like, here's five different combinations. But, yeah, it's like Mexican inspired yes. or 
So she just says here, a good grilling rub needs three things, salt, sugar, and spice. And so, oh, yeah. And then just the proportions and then kind of the time, the timing and, you know, how to, when to flip it and things like that. And so I thought it really, this recipe, which we will link to in the show notes, was very, very useful for when you need to be flexible in the kitchen. And mm-hmm. I have been you know, appreciating those kind of recipes lately. I know what too, if you're a person who maybe bought a lot of spices recently, I don't know, like mm-hmm. me, it'd be a great way to dig into your spice cabinet and really start using some of those spices and just subbing in some of the more interesting things that you've bought that maybe you haven't figured out how to use yet. Exactly. And that's what I really appreciated too, because I thought, oh, good. Now I can just not guess how I might throw some of these things together. Mm. Here she just says take these three flavors, here's the proportions, go crazy, figure something out for yourself. So yeah, anyways, written by Anna Stockwell. Great, great uh, article from Epicurious. And I just wanted to highlight that a lot of these, if you look for them, a lot of these bigger websites like Epicurious and Serious Eats and Food 52 do have these kind of more technique articles and guides. Yeah. And I think learning some of those things just makes life in the kitchen so much easier. Could you just go into your own personal Rolodex of techniques and say, I know how to rub my, I know what I like to rub my chicken down with before I pop it on the grill. I always have X, Y, Z in the Mm -hmm. house. Here we go. I think that's so smart. sounds delicious. Mm -hmm. I also want to put a plug in Betsy before we go to episode 30 and a delicious creamy treat for the summertime, which is Marcella Hazen's Semifreddo di Chocolato. Mm-hmm. That was delicious. That, yes. So it's a slight, like almost a nearly frozen creamy treat that you just make in a loaf pan. This one has a little bit of chocolate flux in it, but it, you can slice it up and it keeps really well in the freezer. So you can kind of portion it out over the course of a couple of days if you're so inclined. Yeah, that would be delicious after a grilled chicken or for your nightly snack oh my gosh yeah yeah okay kate coming up next week what do we have it is time for another cookbook review with tara super fun and we are reviewing simple so i'm very excited that's simple by yodam odalengi correct yes i know i'm really looking forward to it it's got a lot of fresh flavors it's been out for a while should be very easy to find and a perfect uh, cookbook for the summer. So that's what's for dinner this week. See you next time on The Dinner Sisters. We'll save a spot at the table for you. Would you like a little dinner in your inbox every week? Subscribe to our newsletter by going to our website at dinnersisters.com for show notes and other fun stuff. If you've got some dinner ideas, send us an email at dinnersisterspodcast at gmail.com. Last, as always, if you like what you're hearing, please review and subscribe. That's how people get to know us. And also something we creep on all the time is reading reviews. We just love them. So thanks and happy eating. 